Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Let's Run, the Western Mass Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaudet. This podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at East Hampton Media. In 2016, impact racing events burst onto the Western Mass running scene, creating the Happy Valley Half Marathon at Look Park in Northampton. Two years later, impact racing added the Fort Hill Half Marathon, and a year after that, added the Black Birch Vineyard 10-Miler. The founders of Impact Racing are Grant Ritter and Justin Colleen. I am thrilled to have Grant as my featured guest on this episode of the podcast. Grant talks about how Impact Racing started and their events, and then we discuss Grant's trail running and hiking. Grant has completed a number of ultra marathons and will be running an event called the Y East Howl, a 100K trail race at Mount Hood in Oregon at the end of July. Grant's hiking accomplishments include reaching the summit of Mount Rainier in Washington. I neglected to bring this up during our conversation, but Grant has also reached the summit of all 48 4,000 footers in New Hampshire. By comparison, I've reached five of them. Here's my conversation with Grant Ritter, and stay tuned afterwards for a rundown of local running events, as well as a story about the success of female runners in ultramarathon events. I'd like to welcome Grant Ritter to the podcast. Grant is a member of the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club and is also one of the race directors of Impact Racing events, along with Justin Colleen. Impact Racing has hosted the Happy Valley Half Marathon at Look Park in Northampton, the Fort Hill Brewery Half in East Hampton, and the Black Birch Vineyard 10 Miler in Hatfield. Grant, welcome to the Let's Run podcast. Tim, thank you uh, so much for having me on. A few months ago, you recorded a podcast with Jeff Hansen on his running podcast called Run Fulfilled. I didn't know about Jeff's podcast when I created mine, because if I had, I, I probably would have never started mine. And it's funny, my first guest on, on this podcast was Tom Raffensperger, who I'm sure you know. And, um, and I'm sure at the time, Tom knew about Jeff's podcast, but he never said anything to me about it. And he encouraged me, and he was a good first guest for me. And kind of in retrospect, I'm glad he didn't say anything, because if I had known about Jeff's, I might not have done this. And this has been a lot of fun for me. Tim, there's so much opportunity in Western Mass and such an underrated area, especially in the running community. So, I mean, having two podcasts, I think think it's great. So I'm glad that you created this podcast. Appreciate that. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few running clubs. So let's start. We'll talk about impact racing and then talk about your own personal running. So... How did Impact Racing begin? Yeah, so it started back in 2015. And the way it started was um, back then I was training for my first uh, 50 miler. It was the Pineland Farms uh, 50 miler in Maine. And um, I had no idea what I was doing, how to train for that. So I went to uh, 5050 Fitness Nutrition and I'm like looking for a personal personal trainer to help with my strength training for that because I had no clue. It was all like a great unknown to me. And then as luck would have it, uh, I got matched up with Justin Colleen as my trainer. So he, he was my trainer for that, about how to do the strength training part and the nutrition part and maybe a little bit of the running. And then through that, like we were training at five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the evening, like all hours of the day. We became uh, pretty good friends. Um, he actually came up to the, the race and paced me for, for 10 miles and I finished it, which is awesome. And then after the ultra, once I was able to, uh, to walk and run, I went again. 
we went on a, a four mile trail run over in Skinner State Park. And then while we're on that run, we basically, I'm not sure who said it, but we were like, you know, there's not a lot of half marathons in the Valley. Like there's Sue Monahan's Western Mass Mother's Day half marathon, which is a great race. But we knew that half marathons were in demand. There's a ton of beautiful scenery here in Western Mass to run in. Great places to have an event and just one event at the time. So we're like, well, well, maybe we could create a race. And really that's, that's how the company was started. We just had the idea. We knew there was demand for it. And then from there, we started figuring out well, if we're going to create a half marathon, what could the course look like or where should it be or all, and all those details. And then it took us a couple of months to kind of hash all that out. And then we brought the event first time in 2016. And that's how it was all started. So the first event was the Happy Valley half, right? At Look Park in Northampton. Yep. That was the first one. We, uh, we kept it limited to 400 runners or so just to make sure that we could keep it very manageable. Um, and we thought that, you know, Look Park is a great place to have, have an event. The scenery, uh, the course around there is beautiful and it's very scenic. It's very challenging. It's very safe. The Northampton Police Department is great to work with. So we thought those are all the right formulas for an event. Um, we, had, we had a great uh, charity to work with, Big Brother, Big Sisters of uh, Hampshire County. Uh, so all the things kind of came together, um, and we thought that made a lot of sense for our first event. Yeah, I ran that in 2019, and I concur. Yeah, it is a great event. I enjoyed yep. it. Yeah, you had good swag. I, I think I, I won a coffee mug. Oh, yeah, that's from Otterbox. That's the uh, day job. I worked for Otterbox, and they, uh, they, they sponsored the event, which was super nice of them to do. Yeah, that was great. But back to talking about half marathon. A few weeks ago, I had a podcast with Meredith Maslowski and, and, the, and the topic was half marathons. And prior to, to that podcast, I, I did a little research and I found that half marathons are actually they're the second most popular distance event after 5Ks. I would, I would have never guessed. Oh, yeah. I was surprised because we didn't have a lot of them here. But in, in, in Europe, it's the most popular distance. I was really surprised when I looked that up. Yeah. So I think maybe you tapped into something. Yeah, I listened to your podcast and like all the demographics and the numbers you're stating were the, ex that's exactly the things that we see um, on our side. So you were hundred percent correct. And that's what, that's why we saw the opportunity to, I think a half marathon to me is like, it's the most fun distance because it's enough to get some of that pain and suffering, but it's not so long where um, you're taking on huge risks and stuff like that. So it's just the perfect distance to, to have a longer run, but not have, not have a too long of a run. A lot of people say that, and I, I concur with that. You know, you can run a half marathon and recovery doesn't take very long. And the training, if, if you're running 30 miles a week and you want to re register for a half, well, it's not that much of a step up. So oh, yeah. I think you've tapped into something there. So when, when you decided to do this, did either one of you have any experience as a race director? No, neither one of us did. So uh, Justin has a lot of experience managing the gym and managing businesses and um, that kind of thing. And I had a lot of experience not as a race director, but as a race participant. And then as someone who's been here in Western Mass for well, my entire life. So the experience that I brought to the table was just a feel and understanding of like what would make a great course and what would make a good venue. And then so together, Justin and I, not having any race director experience, we just figured out kind of what is the next step we had to do to get the race to happen. And we figured that out and took care of that. And then just did the next step and the next step. And then before long, we actually had to pull it together, um, which really really excited about that and it's kind of exciting we didn't have any experience with the race directing we had a whole fresh perspective and we brought something we think was new to the uh, scene and what's important to us too was to make races that didn't compete with what's already here because like we love the valley we love the races that are here 
and we don't want to compete against them. We want to complement them. And I think we're able to find that timing and able to make that happen. So that's one of the things that, that I'm actually most proud of. Yeah, that, that's really great. Of course, it's a, a special challenge this fall because a lot of the spring races got postponed. Yeah. The so it's a very crowded race calendar th this fall. Don't, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. But did you um, consult with anyone, uh, experienced race directors, or were you just flying by the seat of your pants? <laughs> um, there was some flying by the seat of our pants, but uh, we actually, uh, like Sue Monahan, who manages Western Mass Mother's Day Half Marathon, we met with her. She gave us some great advice. She's, she's been giving us a lot of great advice over the years. But at the end of the day, really, we relied on our, our experience that we had and um, just the experience that I've gained from just running races for over a decade. Yeah, because I looked online, you know, what, gee, what's involved with uh, being a race director? And um, the Roadrunners Club of America, they actually uh, have a course if you wanted to be yes. a race director, right? You can be certified race director. You know, you just send them $260 and they'll send you a textbook and you can take an online course and a test. So I looked through some of that and, and uh, I made a list of about 20 items and then I did more searching. And, you know, we don't have to go through all of this list, but it's amazing how much detail is required oh, yeah. in, in planning an event, like designing the course, the financial aspect of it, getting sponsors, uh, mm -hmm. marketing and promotion, how are people going to register for the event, and on and on. Can you talk about some of that? How, how did you figure that out? Managing a, um, an event like this is, is really a project management job. That's really what it is. So, and we're always evolving how we organize that and, and how we communicate. We're, we always are still figuring that out. Well, it's hard, too, because you both have full-time jobs. Yeah, we both have full-time jobs. Like, um, so this is really, a, I'm not going to call it a side project, but it's like a passion project, something we do because we, because we love it, not because it's a full-time job. But for really, it's like consistent com communication between Justin and I about who's doing what. And we meet regularly, to, and in our meetings, we go over all the lists of what's happening, what, what needs to happen, what kind of decisions you have to make. So at the end of the day, it really comes down to spreadsheets and uh, just, just staying organized. I know that doesn't sound too exciting, but that's kind of how um, that's kind of how this runs. It's just staying organized, knowing what you have to do, and knowing what has to be done uh, to be done next. So you mentioned the course; it's USA Track and Field certified. I believe someone from USA Track and Field. You have to send them the, the route, and they come out and validate that. Oh yeah, thirteen point one. Yeah, it's very important that we, if we give you a course that it's certified and that runners can do that and have confidence that what they're running is a certified course because you know, a lot of people set goals for distances and want to make sure that they can feel good about it. So, yeah, you basically pay you, the USATF a, a fee. Uh, they come out, they certify your course, they give you a certification number. And then as long as you don't change the course, which you don't, you don't need to recertify it. With Happy Valley, we changed the course in the start area a couple of times, so we had to have it recertified. Right. And, and one of the things, too, that you um, feel good about with your races is that you raise money for local charities. Always. Every one of our events uh, supports a different cause. And so for Happy Valley Half Marathon, as, as Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Hampshire County, the events benefited them from the start and every year, which is great. For the uh, Fort Hill Brewery Half Marathon, that benefits the uh, East Hampton High School uh, track team, which are really happy about that. Black Birch Vineyard 10 Miler that benefits the uh, the Food Bank of Western Massachusetts. So it's, it's cool to support a diverse range of causes um, and to use our events as a way to do that. So back in 2016, then the night before the the, the first Happy Valley you know, half marathon, how, how were you feeling? A little nervous? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, the night before. 
a little nervous would definitely be a way to describe it. Uh, when Justin and I do events, since it's just the two of us, we have we, we meet up at two o'clock in the morning, which we did that time before the race, to set up the course and do all those things in the dark. So it wasn't a lot of sleep that night. And then we're, we're going from two o'clock in the morning generally to about four o'clock in the afternoon to taking everything down. So it's a very, very long day. And that's how they've all worked out that way. You look forward to it, especially to, to get it completed, to give everybody a safe and enjoyable experience and to, to know um, when it's done. But yeah, definitely a little nervous the night before the first race. And I think really before every race. And I think that's good because it kind of keeps you on your toes and keeps you thinking to make sure you covered all your bases. So um, how do you recruit volunteers? There's a variety of ways. So um, sometimes the causes that we work with provide volunteers who want to uh, be part of it. And that's great. Sometimes people who are, who, who go to the 50, um, 50 fitness nutrition, they go to the gym, they want to volunteer at the events. That's also great. We have people who also reach out to us um, independently who just like volunteering. And we really appreciate that too. So really um, what we do is we set up how many spots we need for each volunteer role and people can sign up for whatever works for them. Yeah, and it's cool to get volunteers from a uh, diverse range of uh, areas. Yeah, that, that's good because a lot of big races are organized by running clubs. And th so there's already a group of people who are available for volunteering, whereas you're not part of a, a larger running club. I know you're a member of SMAC, but uh, yeah. and, and maybe you draw on some of the SMAC members. I'm not sure, but if it's just you and Justin, you're, yeah. you're doing really well. I was saying, I really appreciate volunteers are like, are the most essential part really of any race. And the fact that somebody was going to volunteer a day of their time, or a few hours of their time to, to help us with that, it's something that we appreciate from the bottom of our heart. I'm so thankful that people want to do that. So very, very thankful that people um, want to be involved in this community and they want to support us. So it means a lot to me. That's great. So we talked about Happy Valley was the first event. And then in 2018, Fort Hill Brewery Half Marathon and 5K was your second event. And, and I remember that one is sold out very quickly, about, I think, yeah. a half in the 5K. Because I know, because the gym I belong to, we were talking about it. And I think my wife signed up and, and she just barely squeaked in. You must have felt really good when you set the registration out and it filled up so quickly. Absolutely. So yeah, after Happy Valley and we did that, we, we were wondering, is there anywhere, is there another opportunity where we can do a race that has a great course and a great venue that's not going to take away from any of the other races in the Valley? And it, we saw the Fort Hill, which happens to happen around the Boston Marathon. Not everybody can run the Boston Marathon, not everybody wants to. So we thought this is, this is great. Um, and it just, Fort Hill seems to have that right combination of a, uh, it's a fun course. Uh, the Fort Hill Brewery is a fantastic place to spend an afternoon. So it just has has everything that people want. And yeah, when people when it's sold out so quickly, the half marathon and especially the 5K, it did it did make us feel very happy. What I love the most though is like when I'm at the race and I'm talking to the runners that finished and hearing that they had a great day or that they met their goal or, or something like that. That's what makes all of this worthwhile to me. So it's just really exciting when a race sells out, but really exciting too when people have a great experience at the race. Yeah, it is a great venue. Uh, my wife and I have enjoyed a few afternoons there. Uh, <laughs> Me too. In the beer garden, <laughs> enjoying a few farmers fresh or fresh picks. Or... So that was your second race. And then then the Black Birch Vineyard 10 Miler came uh, in 2019. Can yes. you talk about that one? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited about this one because it's our newest one. And it's the same thing, like the Black Birch Vineyard in, in Hatfield. If you've been there, it, it's beautiful. It's got great views. The wine is great. Um, it, you know, it, it's in a, on a dirt road, it, it, another great place to have an event. The course on that one is half uphill, half downhill, dirt roads. It, it's beautiful. 
it's challenging, but it's beautiful. So again, you have a great course, you have a great venue. It, it's, a, it's a great combination. We've only had that event at one time. Uh, that's going to be our next event, the, our first event um, in 2021, in September. Really, really excited to, to, to bring that for the second time. So, and, and then you have a fourth event too that you're managing right now. You, uh, this year, the, you added the Summit Run. Impact Racing is hosting that along with Smack. That race has been run for uh, 39 years. Oh my goodness, yes. So what made you decide to take that one on? So the summer run is particularly uh, um, special to me. Uh, so my uncle, Ted Buckout, started that race 39 years ago, and I happen to have grown up on the course for that one. So it goes up Mount Holyoke or Skinner Mountain, whatever you want to call it. It's a 5K with over 800 feet of vertical. It starts um, on Route 47 in Hadley and goes all the way to the summit and it finishes at the summit. It's very uh, unique in that way. Yeah, but my uncle, Ted, started that race 39 years ago. He passed away um, last year. So for me, um, what I'm doing is, hoping to continue on his legacy as best I can to keep that race going in his honor and as a way to benefit um, Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club because that's who puts on the race. And um, yes, I'm just doing that purely out of passion and purely uh, to to continue my uncle's legacy and to support SMAC. That's really great. It's a great location too. My wife and I, we hike up there quite a bit. And and I know we'll talk in a few minutes about the Seven Sisters, and and that's oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the same location, and and that's one of your uh, favorite races, I believe. So, oh yeah, but that's a great location, though, the summit of um, Mount Holyoke. It's the only five k you can see the finish from the start and the start from the finish. But they're not; they're in very different places. It, it, there's no other five k quite like that one. So, yeah, that's great. We like the the Taylor's Notch Trail from Hockenham Road. I think a little over a mile. I think easy hike. So anyways, you have four big events this fall, right? So you get the Black Birch 10-mile run September 12th, and then you get the Summit Run on the 26th, and then Fort Hills on October 3rd, and then Happy Valley is on October 17th. Yes. So, so you get four big events in five weeks. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> It is what it is. It's going to be basically a race every other week. Uh, I think I'm excited to bring races back. It's, it feels like it's been forever. Um, I'm also excited to get back to our usual schedule of doing, doing races. But yeah, just to have the opportunity after what we've been through in the past year and a half to bring races back, I am more than willing and excited to put the work in and the time in to, to do a race every other week because we can. So yeah, I'm very thankful for it. I know it's going to be challenging. I know it's going to mean a lot of a uh, getting up at 2 a.m., but uh, worth it. Worth it. I cannot wait to do it again. Are you looking to create more events, uh, impact racing? Not this year, but, but you know, in the future. <laughs> uh, we're always open to new ideas and things. We're always thinking about that. If an opportunity presented itself that, that, that fit our model and that we thought made sense for us, we would definitely consider it. Nothing active right now that we're, uh, that we're developing, though. So if someone wants to register for one of your events, uh, how would they go about doing that? Oh, that'd be fantastic. I mean, basically, you can head on over to impactracingevents.com. All of our events and the registration links are there. Or um, head over straight to RunReg. But yeah, if you go to impactracingevents.com, you can see all the events we have, the dates, what they are, course maps, uh, course videos, get a sense for what's the best event for you. And yeah, I hope to see you at uh, any or all of our events. You have a very nice website, by the way. Did you have to hire someone to do that? Or did you and Justin uh, create that? <laughs> No, we didn't hire anybody for anything. So it was uh, digital marketing and it's sort of my day job. So I was able to do that. 
Awesome. So let's talk about you, your running. You're a certified running coach. So uh, what's involved with uh, getting, how did you get certified? After I finished that 50 miler uh, that I trained with Justin for at 50-50 Fitness, so they were looking for a running coach to lead group runs and to work with runners. So I got a certification from the uh, United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy. It's affiliated with uh, Jason Coop. Uh, and it's uh, I got certified by taking their um, their course syllabus and then taking an exam. And it was pretty intensive to do, but uh, I'm glad that I learned a lot about running in the process myself. And that enabled me to to work with runners at the gym, to which I got a lot of satisfaction from. I'm seeing somebody setting a goal, not sure if they could do it, kind of helping them have a plan to get there, or seeing people just reach their potential. It's a it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of satisfaction to play any part in helping somebody in their running journey and getting somewhere that they never thought they could get to. I really really like that. So do you work with athletes from Fifty Fifty Fitness or? Can anyone sign up to, to hire you as a coach? I haven't marketed myself or really got too active in that um, recently, uh, mainly because of putting all my time into getting the events ready. And then I kind of use the, the coaching mindset more so when we do group runs for the events or if anybody asks me any questions like that. But yeah, so I haven't put a lot of thought into that um, recently. So we'll talk about your running now. I know you're a big trail runner. Do you prefer that over uh, on-road running? Oh, that's a tough question. Yeah, I think so. I think if I thought that I could pick one, I think I would pick the trails over the roads, but I usually do better on the road races than I do the trail races, but I, I tend to enjoy running the trails a little more. Seven Sisters, right? That's a trail run. That's, um, but there's a 12 mile out and back course with, with over 3,500 foot elevation gain that follows the ridge crest of the Holyoke Range. Quite rugged terrain that you're running across do you've done that a number of times right that, is there anything special about that event oh to me there is so much special about that event i could go on for days about it so that race goes out and back and i actually grew up my house is right at the turnaround over that race turns around and goes back so my family is always participating in the aid station there my uncle ted who i mentioned before who um ran the summit run was always managing that aid station and then basically in 2001 he dared me to do it he said he paid my registration fee, which I think was like $12 at the time. And I had not been running at all. So I'm like, how hard? I go hiking all the time. How hard can that possibly be? So uh, I, I took up his bet. I showed up to the race. And I was like wearing like cargo shorts and like cotton socks and a cotton t-shirt and a pop tart and cargo pocket. I had no idea what I was doing. I then started the race and I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And then I get to the turnaround and I'm like, my mom is there and my uncle Ted's there and my dad's there. I can see my house. And I'm like, I'm not going back. I just, I DNF'd it. I dropped out. That was it. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not going to really get either. <laughs> So how old were you then? I was like 17. So that kind of started your running journey then? That started like, uh, that was my first start and then my first retirement of my running journey. I have had a series of start stops where I do something and I'm like, why would I ever do this? And then I stop again. But for the past 10 or so years, I've kind of been full-fledged. have the running bug. There's no going back now. Yeah, well, over the years, you've improved your time quite a bit on the Seven Sisters course, right? Yeah, well, it helps to get uh, proper running shorts that aren't cargo shorts, uh, maybe do some consistent training. But the most exciting thing to me about the trail running community or road running is once you become part of the community, especially here in Western Mass, it's very welcoming and encouraging and you meet people to train with and run with. And then there's a lot of motivation in my, to me that comes from that. 
So finding a group of people to run with um, is very, very inspiring and very challenging. So through that, it's pushed me to do better than I ever thought that I could. And I'm really, really happy about that. Do you have a different mindset running a trail race versus a, a road race? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So in a road race for me, and probably a lot of people, it's about time. It's about finishing certain mile splits, getting to the finish line at a certain time, having time goals down to the second. On a trail race, I rarely have goals about time because like the conditions of the, of the day, the course, all of that can have such a drastic impact on like what your finish time is. So for trail racing, for me, it's about having fun, staying upright, not getting injured. Those things are really what I'm looking to do. Time, sometimes at Seven Sisters, I think about time, but that course is so gnarly and it can do so many things to you that it really just, just being able to finish that race or any trail race really is a, is a gift. So when you're working that hard, can you enjoy the scenery during the race? Sometimes. If it's a simple technical course, yeah, sometimes I forget to look at the views and it's just like hard to enjoy the scenery. You have to come back and hike it later to see it. But right. yeah, it, it is tough when you got roots and rocks and all kinds of, and other runners right, right in front of you to, to, to look at anything besides that because the last thing you want to do is fall or get injured. I'd say I'm more of an on-road runner than a trail runner. I've, I've done trail running a few times, but I know what you mean about being focused on time. I've been accused of looking at my Garmin <laughs> too much. You know? <laughs> Do me too. So the next Seven Sisters race is uh, scheduled for uh, May of next year. Is it one this fall? Sadly, no. So it's going to be two years of no Seven Sisters, but it's going to be back in May 2022. And then um, I'll be back there. I'm already registered for it. So I'm really excited. And so is my brother, which I'm really excited about. We, we faced off in the first one where he finished and I didn't. Then we faced off again in 2019. Or I was able to beat him. And now it's supposed to be the third match. So we'll see you know, who the fastest one is. A friendly competition. <laughs> yeah. So some of your trail races have been ultra events, you know, longer than a marathon. You know, I can't imagine running more than 26-2 on the road. Never <laughs> mind adding rocks and stumps and hills. In, in fact, I looked you up an ultra sign-up and found 22 events. And it looked like you had about 10 events longer than a marathon. How many ultras have you done? Oh man, I think I've done about five or five or six like actual events. And then like a couple of training runs have been longer, but it's tough to think of a reason why it makes any sense to run that far, to be honest with you. So I think in 2015, um, I was at a point where I was really into mountaineering and long distance hiking and running. And then I thought, oh, running 50 miles sounds kind of challenging and it sounds impossible. So that, that's why I was kind of inspired to do it. Like it seemed like ridiculous to go that far in. Like I didn't know how I could possibly get to that point. So doing the first one was a lot of fun. And then once you do the first one, it's like, well, there's probably a day where like, I'm never going to do that again. And the next day, like, okay, let's find the next one. And it becomes this, this challenge of like solving problems and managing what's happening with your body over that, that length of time. And then also getting to take in all that scenery and see all – many, many miles of trails that there's a certain adventure and, and fun with it that it's tough to get anywhere else. So what's the longest distance that you've run? For me, it's going to be the Never Summer um, 100K. And that was in 2018. Uh, that was up in Gould, Colorado. And it has a minimum starting elevation at around 9,000 feet. And you went up to about 12,000 feet. And it had, a, give or take, 13 or 15,000 feet of vertical throughout the run that was definitely one of the most amazing experiences and most uh, most challenging things that i've ever done for me 
it took um 20 hours to finish it like it has a 24-hour cutoff and then throughout the day across the one road other than that there's no sign of civilization um, and there's times when you're climbing up hills that are so steep, like your nose can touch the touch the hill. It's so it's so steep. Multiple hailstorms, thunderstorms. I mean, while you're up on mountain ridges, and you're going from like the dark before sunrises all the way through the day, and then into the night again. It's I think about that almost every day. That's how crazy that experience was, and how, how I'm so thankful that I worked out where I was able to get to the finish line. Wow! So that was a hundred k event, and so um. I understand you're registered for the Y East Howl. That's a 100K event at Mount Hood in Oregon. So that's coming up soon, right? Yes, the end of July. So it's only a few weeks away. Um, for me, after the COVID-19 pandemic, and I saw the opportunity again to travel. I'm like, I want to do something adventurous again. It's been a couple of years. I want to do something where I can travel because I'm, so, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to do that again. And then Mount Hood is beautiful. Pacific Northwest is beautiful. It looks like a great organized event. It looks like a lot of fun. And I'm like, that's that's something I want, I want to try. So this will be my second 100K, um, assuming I'm able to finish it. Yeah, so, well, speaking of the Pacific Northwest, um, I understand you hiked up the summit of Mount Rainier, right, in Washington. Oh, yeah. That's an altitude of over 14,000 feet. And I believe that's a three-day trip, right, to the summit. How long did it take you to... Hike to the summit of Mount Rainier. So it took uh, two attempts even. So the first attempt, I went out with uh, my, my best friends and we're doing it without a guide because we, we have some mountaineering experience and some training in 2011. And then we got to Camp Muir, we we're gonna go for the summit. So we're gonna do it three days in, in that time. And then basically as we're going for the summits, you, you leave your tents around midnight, you hike in the dark all night to go to the top. We didn't make it, so um, we, we turned around maybe a couple thousand feet shy of the summit. So I went back in 2012, this time with a guide. Um, and I did it as a five-day trip. And so along the way, we learned mountaineering skills and you know, how to deal with glaciers. But the longer trip gave me more time to climatize, which is really exciting. And then we ended up going for a summit um, at night. So we left, we left the base camp at around 9 p.m., uh, hiked all night uh, and got to the top in the dark, which is really cool because it happened to be the 4th of July and it happened to be my 30th birthday. And you can see, you can see fireworks like happening all over the state. Like, who knows how many miles away? You couldn't hear them, but you could just see them all over the place. And it was a really amazing experience. And then um, I was thankful to get to the summit. And really the mountaineering, is a, it's all that long endurance slogging that translates perfectly into ultra running. So I think that played a big part in what made the idea of running 50 miles or 100K seem like a good idea to me. That's awesome that you did that. I, I love the Pacific Northwest. Our family, we, back in 2004, we went to Mount Rainier and we stayed at Paradise, which is inside oh, yeah. Mount Rainier National Park. And Paradise is at like a 5,400 foot altitude. And we, we did a little hike. We went up to Panorama Point, which uh, in the middle of July, there was still snow there. But we saw the groups going up to the summit of Mount Rainier and I thought, well, it's something I'll probably never do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you spent some time in Colorado, in Fort Collins. I think you lived out there for a few years. Yeah, so I worked um, for 12 years here in Western Mass um, in insurance, but I always had a desire to, to move out west to kind of work in the outdoor industry. And then I had an opportunity to get a job at um, Otterbox, they make cell phone cases. Um, and they're, they're based out of Fort Collins, which is really perfect. So I, I moved out there in the uh, summer of 2017 and 
lived my wife moved out there with me and then we were there for just about a, a year and then she she had to move back here for her job and then so i came back with her and uh i've been remote at otterbox um ever since then so i still supposed to go back there regularly still have connection to colorado but now they're back here in, uh, in western mass but that year in colorado was a I mean, to be among those mountains and to be to be out west was a great experience, and also gave me a great opportunity to do some really fun races while while I was out there. My wife and I, we and my son, we we spent like three weeks out in Denver back about ten years ago, and nice. we um, enjoyed the Fort Collins very much. And everyone talks about Boulder, and Boulder's really nice. But uh, I have a cousin who lives in Fort Collins, and we decided that we liked Fort Collins actually better than Boulder. And one of the places we liked to go was the New Belgium Brewery. We of course, yeah. Enjoyed some fat tire beer. So you ran some ultras out there also, right? You did the, the Quad Rock 50 miler, I think? Yeah, I mean, as you might expect, uh, Fort Collins has a very strong you know, trail running community. So there's a group out there called the uh, the NAR Runners, and they put on a series of events like, like Quad Rock, uh, which is in Horse Tooth Mountain Park, which is kind of essentially their local trail system. And this is a 50 miler that had 10,000 feet of vertical and like, a few multi-mile climbs and the day that I did it, it happened to be a uh, kind of pouring rain the whole time so it was super muddy and super wet the entire time and I guess at the end of the day that only added to the fun of it all but that was definitely a super challenging 50 miler and I did that because it was a lot of fun and, and as a way to build up to that 100k which is like about a month or two later. So have you run any on-road marathons? I have Every time I've done an on-road marathon, though, it's been a disaster for me, to be totally honest with you. So I did my first one in 2008, the Hartford Marathon, but I didn't know you had to train for this stuff. Hartford's is the first for everyone, it seems like. Isn't it? Yeah, because it was my first, and I talked to a number of people just doing the podcast, and, uh, you know, the first one always seems to be hard. It's local, and it's a, it's a big one. It just draws people in for their first race, because, yeah, it's local, it's big, everyone knows about it. I don't know why I thought it was a good idea for me to do that. So I, I did that. I ran like 20 miles a week, maybe. Um, I didn't know about running nutrition. So like I'd go with my long runs. I was carrying a bottle of water in my hand. I, I didn't know about anything about gear. I knew nothing. And then like right before the race, I got the worst cold of my entire life. Um, and I took some DayQuil. And I didn't, didn't think about the fact that that's going to dehydrate me. <laughs> did the run and like... The first couple of miles, I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden I started to just feel like my legs became cement and I felt I was running with it with a pace group. And I saw like that, that banner of the pace is going away down the road and I couldn't catch up with that. And then I just saw my hopes and dreams fade and it became an extraordinarily painful experience for me. I did keep going. I finished it, I think like four hours and 55 minutes. And then I, I was so depleted from that, that I didn't shower or change out of those clothes for like two days it's barely even walk and i'm like i'm just never running again i retired from running for the second time yes yeah, so that was my first experience with road marathons and then i thought i'd try it again at vermont city because i saw the average temperature to start is 55 degrees it's a pretty good course of course the day that i did it it was a 96 degree year or a super hot <laughs> they stopped the race right that year they stopped the race i, I was able to finish thankfully um but it was like I'm so thankful for the community of Burlington. They had all the people were out with their hoses, spraying the runners down. But it was like running inside of a hairdryer. It was so hot. And was, I was able to finish at about, I think, 4.09. So still faster than the first time, but still not something that uh, it didn't feel very good. That's impressive in, in the 96-degree temperature. Do you have a, just a favorite place to go if you want to go out for a run and 
Yeah, if you look at my Strava heat map, it's going to show you the Mount Toby. I, I go there four to six times a week. Sometimes I go there more, more than once a day. It's um, a trail system. They have maybe 30, 40 miles of trails. Uh, if you want steep, they got steep. If you want, if you want views, they got views, technical, dirt roads, everything. It's a really great place. I was just there a few, uh, few hours ago today. If you want to get some miles in and you want to not see a bunch of people while you're doing it and you want to have a lot of variety, it's really hard to beat that Mount Toby. Oh, I've never been there. Are there good hiking trails there? Absolutely, yeah. Reach out to me later. I'll give you some recommendations because there is a lot of stuff there. I can show you where all, all the views are. Yeah, I think Mount Toby is one of the least used and most underrated trail systems in Western Mass. Wow. My wife and I will definitely uh, follow up on that. So talking about miles, on Jeff's podcast, you'd mentioned that you had, I think there was one week you ran 100 miles. <laughs> Yeah, so this, this past year, uh, without races and things to, to train for, having any kind of goal is helpful. I, I love having something to look forward to. So for me, the 100-mile week, just because, is like something to train for, something to do, something to be challenged by. So I work with a running coach. I mean, we had a plan to build up to that. I'm, I've never done that before, and it seemed really daunting. So there was a lot of excitement in that. And then I was able to do that. And throughout the week, it was a lot of fun to see it happen, make it happen. But the community of people that I run with supported me so much where I had to do almost none of those runs by myself. And I'm really thankful for that. So hey, each run during that week uh, has a special memory to me. Uh, and then especially the one where I was able to cross that 100-mile threshold. One of my best running friends made me like this, this paper medal that said 100-mile week. And it just felt like finishing a race or it felt like the way you feel when you finish a, a really big event and at a time without having any events to do uh that was really nice yeah because it's an average of over 14 miles a day quite an accomplishment during the pandemic last summer me and some friends of mine we set a goal of 100 miles for the month <laughs> but i think 100 miles for a week that's really impressive so so grant hey th this has been great great meeting you and, and so grateful that you've shared your experiences with me and the folks who listen to the podcast well i'm going to see you soon at one of your events Oh, yeah. My wife is registered for the 5K at, the, at Fort Hill. Awesome. I'm running Boston, so I've been trying to keep the race calendar clear of other races so that I can just focus on Boston. But if there's room, I'm going to try to sneak in one of them. Tim, I wish you the best luck at, uh, at Boston. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe maybe one day I'll do that, too. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I just love talking about anything related to running. It's been really good meeting you as well. Great. So uh, good luck with all your events and with your running. And um, I'm sure we'll see you around Western Mass. Thank you so much. A few months ago, Sarah Bousquet was my guest on the Let's Run podcast to talk about ultra running. On July 10th, Sarah was the second overall female finisher in the 50-mile Chesterfield Ultra Marathon beating her previous 50-mile PR by 38 minutes and qualifying for next year's Vermont 100. Congratulations to Sarah. Another local runner, Erica Emerson, will be running in the Leadville Trail 100 run on August 21st and 22nd, a 100-mile run through extreme Colorado Rocky terrain from elevations of 9,200 to 12,600 feet. Erica will be my guest on a podcast in September to share her Leadville experience. And speaking of women running ultra marathons, the New York Times running newsletter had a story about the amazing success of women at the Western States 100 mile race in Auburn, California in late June. 
It was the first time the three women had finished the grueling race in the top 10, and 17 of the top 35 finishers were women. A recent study by Run Repeat and the International Association of Ultra Runners found that the longer the distance of a race, the shorter the gap between men and women. Women have been outright winners in a number of ultra events. Now for a rundown of local running events. I've added October events to the list since the last podcast. The local running club weeknight race series continues. On Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts a three-mile cross-country race at Stanley Park in Westfield. On Tuesday evenings at 6.30, the 5K cross-country race at the Northampton Community Gardens takes place. Also on Tuesday evenings, the Child's Trail Races for children 15 and under will take place at 6.30 at Van Horn Park in Springfield. On Wednesday evenings, the Greater Springfield Harriers host their Summer Sizzler Races at Forest Park. The run on Wednesday, July 21st, will be on the 5K cross-country route. And Rob Landry informs me that these races will finally be a live in-person race format. Rob will be my guest on a future podcast. And on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts 5K races at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. Also on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Northfield Summer Road Race Series takes place. Here's a quick rundown of all events in Hamden, Hampshire, Franklin, and Berkshire counties between now and the end of October. On Sunday, July 25th, the Knights of Columbus Scholarship 5K will be run at the Sewell Road School in Wilbraham. Also on Sunday, July 25th, Nancy's run for the ACCRF will take place, a four-mile race at Outlook Farm in West Hampton. The Greenfield Triathlon will take place on Sunday, August 1st. The event features both international and sprint tri courses. The Sweltering Summer Ultra takes place on Saturday, August 14th in Pittsfield. You can enter in either the eight-hour run or the 5K run. On Sunday, August 15th, the Mount Greylock Trail Races take place in Adams. Distances include 13.5 miles and 3 miles. The Frozen Yogurt 5K is a virtual event that can be run anytime between August 15th and August 22nd. This event supports the Gandera Center. On Saturday, August 21st, the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts the 40th annual Montague Mug Race. Also on Saturday, August 21st, the first annual Pink Way 5 K run and walk will take place at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. The Pink Way Foundation was created 12 years ago to help local women in need during breast cancer treatment. On Sunday, August 22nd, the fifth annual Race to End Child Abuse takes place in Greenfield. The Dalton Community Recreation Association May Day races are now scheduled to take place on Sunday, August 29th. Distances include a 10K, 5K, and a two-mile run. The New England Green River Marathon takes place on Sunday, August 29th. This race is already sold out. The Hoyt 5K Run and Walk will take place on Sunday, August 29th in Longmeadow. The Berkshire Running Center hosts the 46th Mount Greylock 8-Mile Road Race on Sunday, September 5th. The Westfield 5K, 10K, and Half Marathon will take place on Saturday, September 11th at the Boys and Girls Club in Westfield. Mike Sheldon is the race director for this event, which raises money for the Boys and Girls Club of Westfield. And Mike will be my featured guest on the next Let's Run podcast. 
On Sunday, September 12th, the Black Birch Vineyard 10-mile race will take place in North Hatfield. This is one of four impact racing events that I discussed earlier on this podcast with Grant Ritter. From Friday, September 10th to Sunday the 12th, the Notview Ultra Trail Runs take place in Windsor, Mass. You can run for 48, 24, 12, 6, or 3 hours. On Saturday, September 18th, the Don Maynard Memorial 5-mile race will take place in Greenfield. The Walter Child Race of Champions, otherwise known as the Holyoke Marathon, is tentatively scheduled to take place on Sunday, September 19th. Also on the Harriers website, there's a link for anyone who would like to apply to run for Team Hoyt at the 2021 Boston Marathon. On Sunday, September 26th, Impact Racing, along with the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club, hosts the Summit Run 5K, a race to the summit of Mount Holyoke in Hadley. Now for some October events. The West Springfield Rotary Club hosts the Donut Dash in October. This is a hybrid event, meaning that there is a virtual component as well as an in-person 5K. For the virtual event, log all of your miles during the month of October. Participants can run, walk, hike, or ride, or any combination of the four. It is free to sign up, but participants are asked to raise money for the Rotary Club, which uses the money for local grants and scholarships. More to come on the live 5K event. Sunday, October 3rd, is a busy day for races. October 3rd is also the day that Tom Brady makes his return to Foxborough with the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers to play the Patriots. But that's the Sunday night game, so sign up for a race and then relax and enjoy the game later that evening. Impact Racing hosts the Fort Hill Brewery Half Marathon and 5K on October 3rd in East Hampton. Grant and I talked about this event earlier in the podcast. While I have not run in this event, I have indeed enjoyed many of the beers at the Fort Hill Brewery. Also on October 3rd, the Gunnery Sergeant Thomas J. Sullivan Remembrance Run, a 5K run and two-mile walk at Nathan Bills in Springfield, takes place. Gunnery Sergeant Sullivan, a three-time Purple Heart recipient and Iraq War veteran, gave his life while defending the U.S. during an attack on a Naval Reserve Center in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 2015. I've run on this event in the past, and Nathan Bills is always a good place to hang out after the race. The inaugural Steel Rail Marathon takes place along with a half marathon and 8K events also on October 3rd. The marathon and half marathon will start in Lanesboro at what's left of the Berkshire Mall, while the 8K starts in Cheshire. All events end in Adams. Next year, this event will be moving to Pittsfield and will be entirely on the Ashwilla-to-Cook Rail Trail, which is expanding to Pittsfield. Yet another race on October 3rd is the Covered Bridge Classic 10K in Conway, Mass. This event also features a 1.7-mile kids race. And yet another race on October 3rd, the fifth annual superhero run, a 10K run and 5K walk or run event will take place in Northampton. This event supports Cutchins programs for families and children and brings awareness about the impact of trauma and mental health struggles on children and adolescents. And the fourth race hosted by Grant Ritter and Impact Racing Events this fall is the Happy Valley Half Marathon and 5K at Look Park in Northampton, which will take place on Sunday, October 17th. My wife, Cindy, and I both ran in this event in 2019 and really enjoyed it. And as always, check the Hartford Marathon Foundation website 
for a listing of all of their upcoming events. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running. Happy running.